You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Evening. Greg Hectus. Hey. Mason Stiver. Hey, hey. David Hall. Hello from Highway 49. All right, and special guest Kevin Pearson. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, absolutely. Uh, thanks for coming. Man, we got a lot going on this week, so let's get right to it and learn about Kevin Pearson. Uh, let's talk about how you got to iRacing, uh, or how did you hear about it initially, and what got you started? Well, I'm going to show my age a little bit. I actually started sim racing back in 1999 with NASCAR Racing 3, followed that through NASCAR Racing 4, and then, of course, uh, NASCAR Racing 2003. And I took a break from sim racing around 2010, I believe, <clears throat> and came back to iRacing, or joined iRacing in 2012, and I've been doing it ever since. Well, very good. Um, that is a quite a history. Uh, and let's talk about how often are you racing these days, uh, like how many times per week, and what series uh, are you running, official or league or what? Running primarily league right now. I'll run, here and there I'll run some official races, but not too often. So all together between races and practices, probably three or four times a week. Well, obviously you're the champion from the OBRL, uh, Old Bastards Racing League. And so you're running, uh, how often are you running with them? Is it just once a week or several times? I'm just running uh, the ARCA series right now on Mondays. Okay. All right, very good. Uh, any teams or any other things like that you do, or do you do special events like the the 24-hour things? I'm on a team. I'm uh, a member of Steel Horse Racing. I've been with them since 2013, and I currently serve as the vice president of the team. I handle a lot of the media, Facebook media stuff. I do race recaps and win announcements, and I make trophies and Photoshop for the other guys on the team when they win official races or league races. Uh, we've got about 10 active drivers that run anywhere from three to four different leagues. Nice. Yeah, it's always fun to be on a team, that's for sure. Uh, all right, cool. Let's let's learn about your hardware setup. I mean, what do you got for wheels, pedals, monitors, any third-party software? I've got a Logitech G27 and I use a, uh, a GTR simulator rig. And I'm looking to upgrade my springs, uh, probably the the GTI. I've heard a lot of good things about that. And I've been thinking about adding a Bodnar cable for next year. Uh, as far as monitors, I have a 55-inch LED mounted to the uh, GTR. 55-inch, all right. That is yeah. a big one. Yeah, I've, <clears throat> I've got a friend that... Uh, He's got triples, and I played around a little bit, but I'm so used to racing on a single monitor. Before this, I raced on a 27-inch monitor, so I thought, no, 27 on this GTR rig is not going to cut it, so got myself a 55. As far as third-party software, I know a lot of guys use the um, 
No, I can't think of it now, but I'll go on to mine. <clears throat> IR Pit Crew <clears throat> came out back in like 2015, I believe. A guy named Sean Woodhouse put it out on iRacing. He's not updated it, but I've learned enough uh, JavaScript code to be dangerous. So I've modified it a little bit with uh, adding some my own things. Like I wanted to see uh, event details like air and uh, track temperatures, wind speed, humidity, and I added in the tire wear. So I can see tire wear percentages after a pit stop by just looking down at my uh, little Kindle Fire here. Nice. Uh, so uh, you're accessing that through like an API, through the iRacing API? Right. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. You're able to modify it and uh, go from there. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of third-party software out there that is not updated. And I've learned that personally as I've uh, transitioned from one computer to another recently. I had, used to have an iPad button box software, which was called the Rockat Power Grid. And so I went to go put it on my new computer, and it's no longer available at all. I mean, there's like nowhere to download it. And so, uh, so yeah, back to square one. Yeah, I figure there'll be a, day, a time come when this IR pit crew won't work for me anymore, but it gets the job done for me, I guess. All right, very cool. And what's your most uh, memorable iRacing moment? Well, let's see. Um, back in 2012, I, I was racing at the uh, ASRS, American Sim Racing Series, and I did win a season championship there. Also happened to be in the Canyon car. But most recently, we had to be winning the iRacers Lounge Arca Series that you guys sponsored, Little Bastards Racing. You know, the, the last 12 weeks I've raced with them have probably been <clears throat> the most enjoyable uh, league racing that I've been a part of in many years. You know, the guys are, they run a great league. You know, Steve and Michael and the other guys keep a pretty tight rein on, <clears throat> on the guys. Make sure everybody's got good race craft and... Uh, Know, take care of issues that come up uh, really well. Now, it's very competitive. Everybody gives each other room. Not a lot of wrecking between each uh, the other drivers. It's it's been a really great experience. Yeah, very good. I've heard similar from a lot of people about uh, OBRL. Uh, final uh, bonus question. Uh, I know Steve has referred to you as Arca Professional. Kevin Pearson. So what is that about? That's something he came up with. I think it was after the first or second race I, I won. I ran season three. I ran like the last four or five races, I believe. So I wasn't, in, well, it wasn't a championship, I guess, but I didn't make the final cut. I don't know where he came up with that. Probably because the Arca Series is the only, is the, only uh, the only one I race with them. I don't run. I think they run trucks on Wednesdays and the other series they run in the mornings on the weekends and I can't I can't do that, so that's my guess is where that Arca professional Okay, I, I had to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I figured maybe we were a real uh, you were a real race car driver maybe at one point, but I had no idea. No, I don't know if he was trying to get that out there or what and he uh apparently he said I can be uh found on Google now as a professional <laughs> Oh, yeah, Steve is a social media guru, and he knows how to get that stuff out on the Internet. So uh, pretty cool. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for joining us. Congratulations on the Monday night championship. Uh, 
you know, boy, I, I wish I could run with you guys, but I work uh, during that race, and so it doesn't work out for my schedule. Yeah, it's it's been really good. You know, if you can run the trucks on Wednesdays or want to get in the morning run with them, guys, I'm sure that they'd love to have you there. I'm looking forward to kicking things off uh, this coming Monday. I think we'll start at Darlington. So my goal for for 2019 is to win all four seasons. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, but we'll take it one season at a time. All right. We'll see about that. <laughs> uh, Greg, you get a challenge on Mondays? Yep, I'll be there. Awesome. And Chris? I wasn't going to lay down the challenge. I think <laughs> my goal will be to get to the top half of the field first, and I'll start worrying about championships. So you got a goal, top half. That's good. All right, let's uh, read what Steve uh, told us to read to this week. So let me go through that. The iRacers Lounge National Series is off this week, but returns on Monday, December 10th at Darlington, 100 laps. iRacers Lounge National Series is paying out $100 to the champion of this 12-week series. The OBRL is also holding a point fund jackpot within the series, which is $20. And if 20 slots are filled, 20 places get paid, with the 20th racer getting paid back $12. And the break-even racer getting 20 bucks, placing 12th. Okay, I didn't have any idea what that means, but it uh, sounds like there's money involved. Yeah, he so, had told me about the uh, the $100 to the ARCA champion. I thought he was going to have kidding at first because it's not a, I don't think it's not a pay series like some of the others are, but just more incentive to be there every week. Yeah, that $100 is something... Um, just a bonus money. Um, the rest of that money is uh, the the playoff fund. Is it comes from uh, the guys in the league? You pay your twenty bucks into it, and then um, and like you said, if you finish twelfth or better, you're getting at least your money back. It's just uh, the the kind of this is the first time they're trying that, and the idea is just to try to keep people participating all the way through the year. You know, right. put a little bit of money on the line. But yeah, well, it should be fun. You're not going to win a ton, but you're probably going to lose a ton. You might earn it back, yeah. Exactly. Well, if you put skin in the game, mostly of the time, that'll pe keep people around. Yeah, you don't have to be the fastest guy. If you can, you know, if you consistently show up, it's going to get you a decent finish. And so, yeah, you might even sneak into that 12th. If you're, even if you're not one of the quicker guys, you know. Now, last week I tried to run the trucks and uh, didn't join soon enough. The room filled up. So they have a lot of drivers over there, guys. If you want to participate, you can go to obrl.net. You have to be uh, under 35 or older age and I rating of 3,500 or less to be accepted. Yeah, definitely have to show up real early for the truck races. They tend to fill up. And I you imagine it'll be worse now. Mike. Yeah, with NIS done now, I mean, that's there's probably a lot of guys that are going to come in from that. That's where I'm coming from. I wouldn't, you know, I didn't race any. I would have been racing those already if it wasn't for NIS. Now with that, you know, that being gone, a lot of the, those types of races are going to fill up a little bit quicker. All right. Let's jump into topics. Uh, I'll go first, the big one. Uh, a lot of talk about day-night before the release came out. Uh, in, in fact, Sean Nash from iRacing uh, wrote a big article, basically, uh, a preemptive strike out back about sky overexposure. And he, he basically says, we do have a problem with overexposure, meaning the sun being too bright. 
until we fix HDR, which is high dynamic range. Okay, so currently uh, they're still working on HDR and it's not been released yet. And so he's, he's basically just putting it out there before people start complaining about it. Uh, the other thing they did is they put out a lot of video of day-night transitions and what the dynamic sky looks like. What do you guys think about, I mean, they did the one at Lamar and it was just like, I was blown away. I haven't actually erased it yet. I've only been seeing the videos that they posted and some of the pictures that teammates have posted and it just, it looks incredible from what I've been seeing. I can't wait to get out on the track. Yeah, the sunset, the the sun reflection off the track or off the cars um, is looks very realistic. I've been very impressed. I hopped on a, day, a, a Daytona 24 server yesterday that was running at 8x sun. When I started, it was 2 a.m. within the server. When I finished, it was 10 a.m. And as it was getting brighter and brighter, it really almost felt like a, it was really almost an emotional experience that first time seeing it on, while actually driving around the track. You're right, David. When I first got in I, and noticed it, it was at the Roval, and it was right at sunset, so to speak, or coming to sunset. And as I went around the track, and you would see the sun reflecting off the track and different things, I was like, wow, this is different. And you can really tell uh, the difference in what they've done. Well, if you look uh, at some of those videos, even that Lamar video that they're posting, when he's the objects in the dark when they start appearing from in the distance it's it's you know it's a shock to the senses when you're used to being able to see that far ahead yeah i don't i only turned a couple of laps at lamar last night in an lmp and it um it was really tough on those two straightaways when you're up at top speed catching the the, the right breaking point into the chicanes yeah you really have to watch for the the signs on the fence for your you know where to break and uh, you're right. It, it, right. Driving at night at Lamar, which is something they added, it was a blast. And and you really need to learn the track really good be, and know. Okay, it's a left hand turn coming up. It's a right hand turn coming up. It's a shink a chicane because if you don't know that, there's no way you're getting around this track in the dark because it is dark. Yeah, and I, I I've run many 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 laps there, but it's it's a whole different story when when you can't find your brake mark until you're already right on it. Exactly, on, I, I've done a lot of laps there too, and I think I, I thought I knew the track, but I think last night proved that I don't. Well, the other thing is when you guys are in those rooms, you're probably by yourself, right? Was it just practice, right. or was there actual rooms up? Because I was gonna say, imagine adding cars to it, and then they all of a sudden appear like a, a slower car or something, or something that stopped on the track. Yeah, well, cars, test, once those so. headlights, they'll actually be lighting up the track the further down for you. It might actually make it a little easier. But what happens if, uh, what if you get a car that's damaged on the right front where it does the headlight go out? Or the left front? Good idea. That'd really affect you, too. Because the headlights are, um, you really need headlights, yeah. Uh, and I'll say it now while we're talking about it. I also ran Talladega at, after dark with the Cadillacs, with like 40 other guys. And I won that race, actually. And that is a blast, because it's pitch black, except for the headlights, and there's a big pack of 40 of them, and going around, and it's a blast. 
Uh, let's go on. Uh, there's some more information here about the day-night. It says, uh, in the new beta UI, you can uh, pick a specific date and time on a calendar, and the sunset and sunrise time is accurate to that specific location and date. And so the sun will be in the right spot in the sky and all this other stuff. Um, you can also uh, choose on when you run heat races and that kind of thing, where you can have the heats at dusk and then the main at night and that kind of thing. Um, if you put the sky detail to low, it reduces the sky refresh rate. It can appear a little bit jumpy like that at times, but it's almost free as far as memory and frame rate. Now, guys, I don't know if you've, it, we've had differing reports about frame rate after the build. I think mine's been roughly the same, though, but I know Bobby said uh, a friend of his had at least 25 down on frames. Mine's been dipping just a little bit, but not staying down there. I had to make some adjustments. Mine dips a little, and whenever I click, whenever I transition from garage to race, it hangs the whole system for about two seconds. Okay. So if you're having a problem with frames, guys, put your sky uh, detail to low. I um, haven't. So. Yeah. Sorry, I just, let's see, I haven't noticed. Uh... The change in mind. The only thing I've noticed is that my replay, when I watch a replay, it's a little jittery, but it's not bad. It might just be my system, but I don't know if anybody else had seen that. A replay has its own different settings for it, so maybe you have them up too high now for what uh, it can handle, because there's a lot more being shown on a replay. True. I need to check into that, I guess. Seems like every time they have one of the big builds to... Um... Anytime they add something, it seems like it always pushes a few people over the edge, like graphics-wise. But I'd almost—it seems like they usually have an update the following week that helps that optimizes that stuff a little bit better. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see the same. Like you know, come next Monday or Tuesday, we have an update that'll help people out a little bit. Right. Uh, a neat quote um, in the forums from Tyler Hudson. I just wanted to say I've been. A member since 2008, and this time of day stuff and the lighting is probably the coolest thing I have seen added to iRacing right next to the addition of dirt. It is absolutely phenomenal and beautiful, and I'm so excited for it to go out. Very impressed, uh, very impressive work by all involved. It has never been more enjoyable to turn laps than it is now. It is a game changer, and it's still in the early stages. And so he was very excited about it, and he's been around a long time. He works there, so uh, it's interesting to hear his uh, take on it. I would have to echo his uh, sentiments there, too, because, you know, from what it started out as, and they're still racing off of basically the foundation of, what, NASCAR 2003 coding and stuff like that to bring it to where it is now. You know, who thought that we were going to get dirt where the track could could change the way it was, get different track temperatures, get day-night. Like, it's they're really coming along. I mean, sometimes you can forget about the tire model and stuff like that, but the uh, the day-night really is a game-changer. He's right. And when yeah. I ran that Daytona practice, I definitely experienced the track temperature. It jumped about, it jumped about 10 degrees Celsius. I don't remember what it was, Fahrenheit. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't get particularly looser or or tighter, but I, I had to stop driving in as deep, particularly at the chicane. Yep. 
Uh, and then they put out one more video before the release. It has over 6,800 views. Uh, another one called Day Night Footage with various series on various tracks at various times of the day. And uh, Mason, you had put that the dirt track looked pretty cool with the particles flying at night. Yeah, they got some of those UMP modifieds going around. I, I want to say it's Eldora. I'm not too sure, but I'll tell you, they got that, that glossy look of the dirt as it's get, like getting used up. That just looks absolutely phenomenal. My favorite part of the video was uh, at Phoenix with the sunset behind the grandstands, which is uh, you know notorious for Phoenix as they go down the front stretch. The, when the sun sets, they get the sun in the eyeball and all that, and boy, it looks realistic. Man, you get to see that sunset all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very impressive for sure. All right. Uh, I'm going to do the next one because it's sort of related as well. Um, basically, the, as I mentioned before, they did put out a change to Lamar so you can run it at at night. And then David and I tried it last night, and and uh, it's it's pretty. I mean, it is pretty. Uh, when you get out, out of the city part of Lamar, and you're out in the forest part, it's so much darker, except for the reflectors on the wall, and there's an occasional street light. And uh, it's just amazing the way it looks, with the way the light illuminates just that one part of the road, and everything else is dark. And uh, if you haven't tried it, you definitely need to try it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it looks like uh, it says on there, was it about the headlights too, improving headlights? Yeah, they, they are going to improve headlights, uh, that's true. Now, the other thing that they've uh, they've said, Sean Nass, he said, I'm going to add a fix to make it much darker again. It will be in the upcoming patch. Now, he had said in another post, which I don't have in front of me, where at last minute he decided to make it a little brighter than they thought than they had uh, had it in beta, and now they're going to take that back. That was a mistake. And I have to agree with him. So when you're going down the straight on Lamar and you look to the right or the left through the forest, you can actually see through the forest. You can see the trees. I mean, it's too visible. I mean, it's black, it's dark, but it's not dark enough to be realistic. And so that's what they're going to change. So there has been a patch. And, and um, so what David and I experienced last night might be a one-off uh, experience because if they make it darker, it's going to be even harder to to run. All right, uh, next topic, Chris. Uh, next, we have a video of our new track posted by Drew Adamson of iRacing staff. Um, showing Sakuba. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But it's yep. uh, the new track that came with this build and a um, free track, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, it, I, it's not all. It's a road course, so not nothing about it really impresses me too much, except for um, they do show the day and night on the track, and it's kind of cool how like you see some place like Le Mans, and you see all the you know, there's there is some lights because it's a you know a bigger place and a big track, and then you watch this one and it's a smaller track, and I mean some there's parts of that course that are just pitch black. <laughs> Yeah, there's no lighting, yeah. I ran yeah. this last night and hosted, and it was dark. They had it after dark, and uh, for a, a, not knowing the track and having it after dark, it was pretty much impossible for me to get around there. But uh, 
the one thing I noticed about the track is it's a lot of sweeping corners. There's not a lot of going straight on this uh, track. This is the famous uh, Gran Turismo track. Right. And Forza track. So check it out. It's free to everybody. Um, I, I want to do it during the day. I, I just don't think it was appropriate for me to do it after dark uh, for the first time. But uh, that's what was hosted, so I tried it. Okay, Greg, you're next. Uh, just going to the next link here. Um, opening it up. I guess uh, it's a video here. Hold on. Sorry. I'm trying to bring it up on our stream. But, of course, it's all ads. Um, no, we're talking about the Porsche Sim Racing Summit. Oh, missed the link. Hold on. Sorry. Yeah, we talked about this last week. Uh, Take it for a sec here, Mike. I'm having problems with the, the link. Okay. There we go. All right. So the Porsche Sim Racing Summit, uh, a gathering of the world's fastest sim racers. So I guess um, there's, it's an event. I, I, I'm drawing a blank on this event uh, for it, but... So I guess you can qualify. First place, there's a prizes. First, second, and third for 15,000, 10,000, 5,000. Is that euros? Euro. Um, it's a date that takes place starting in December 3rd. Uh, time it's at qualifiers will run December 5th to 9th. Um, two separate time attacks. Uh, top 15 qualifiers for each time attack will be invited to, comp uh, to compete live at the Porsche factory in Leipzig. Germany on December 15th and 16th. Yeah, so they already had round one, and then they announced round two um, as well. And so, wow, I know Matt Busa is uh, within the, the top 15, I think. Uh, uh, Logan Clampett was up in there too. Um, they had a lot of good drivers. Uh, Sebastian Job actually had the fastest lap. Um, now, Michael Conti, uh, he said, wow, I'd like to get involved, but I don't have a, uh, uh, a passport, so I wouldn't be able to go to Germany. Probably wouldn't get it fast enough either, right? Yeah, it's coming up. This is a very quick thing. I mean, it's 15th and 16th. That's only a couple weeks from now. Um, but yeah, Sebastian Job had the fastest one. Some of the names on the list, uh, Bobby Zielinski, Mitchell DeJong, Martin Kroenke. Uh, Graham Carroll, uh, lots of fast racers uh, on this, trying to get into this this thing where they can win that trip to Germany. Uh, I don't know if they have to pay for their own uh, travel or what, but um, it hasn't been that part hasn't been clear. And they had a, a gentleman named Sage Karam running 1,626 laps in two days. And he was 22nd on the list. Sage Karam, he used to be an Indy car driver. Like four or five years ago. Um, in fact, I think he was involved in that wreck that might have hurt Justin Wilson, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's showing, uh, I think, our highest peak guy is Bobby Zelensky in 10th. 
go get it guys i hope uh i hope those guys can get over there that sounds like a pretty neat opportunity all right mason what's next oh we got a championship video from iRacing for ray alfala our 2018 nascar peak antifreeze series champion um it's kind of recapping his season a little bit disconnected from your channel and it does make the point that iRacing is the only official esports series of NASCAR, which was pretty cool. Talk about his two wins, his top fives. Um, so, yeah, a nice little video they put together. Yeah, it's a nice little tribute, you know, so to speak. I thought it was appropriate. Uh, it was well done. Um, it kind of shows some racing footage of him, you know, and his wins uh, and whatnot. And, uh, yeah. Congratulations, Ray. It was right around the time of the banquet, I think, too. Yep. All right. Uh, keep pushing it because um, we need it. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Chris Scales, you're next. Uh, yeah. yeah. Next, um, I'm trying to follow this, but I'm not really sure I get it because I got stuck on the Twitter post. Just, it says loud pedal, and I don't have any volume, so... Oh, this is that new car, the Renault 3.5. That would make sense, because I didn't see anything about that car. <clears throat> yeah, they did a video of just the, the sound of the V8 and what it sounds like. And, uh, boy, if you got sound turned on, it's amazing how it sounds. <laughs> That's why it wasn't too impressive for me, because, yeah, my sound muted. It's like, you know, this is just this indie-looking car going around the track. And then I get distracted watching a video because of the day to night again. They keep putting day to night and everything, and it is just so pretty. It's mesmerizing, yeah. It really is. Uh, there was also a note about how DRS works on this new Renault car. And uh, I'll read that real quick. It says, it's from Eric Hudak from iRacing. He says, practice qualifying, you have unlimited presses. But during race sessions, you have eight as the real series rules are. There are not DRS zones or requisite distance following. You can activate at any time as long as the throttle is watt and no brake pressure. Wide Green, open. What, I don't know what that means. Wide no, open throttle. Old. Wide open. Okay, wide open throttle. Uh, green light on the dash means the dis DRS is armed. Blue means it's engaged. And red is disarmed. In low downforce trim, DRS always remains disarmed, and there is no benefit in this aero trim. Medium and high, DRS is automatically armed for you. See, I got so lost like a push to pass. pass. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, pass. that's yeah, that's what I understand. I got lost at the very beginning of this because I, I don't, I don't follow it. I didn't even know what DRS. DRS was. Uh, is a little wing that opens on the back to change the downforce levels. Gotcha. Yeah, the, I've seen him in action. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't recognize the abbreviation. That's awesome. <laughs> Drag reduction system. I didn't even know that's how. So that that's push to pass though. Like I that's I, I'm completely ignorant when it comes to these cars. And I thought the push to pass was like related to the motor. Well, it is. Well, a, there, a push to pass is related to motor. It gives you more, you know, revs or more horsepower. This gives is a a arrow way of doing a push to pass. So. Uh, how it works, like if you're thinking of the conventional push to pass, uh, Chris, in, F in the Indy cars, they have the push to pass for a certain amount of seconds, and it's extra boost uh, from the turbos. And uh, 
whereas in the F1 cars that use the DRS zone, it's a zone. They have to be within a second when they get to the corner where the DRS zone's coming up, and it activates. And then as soon as they get out the corner and they're wide open throttle, they can open it and go out and attack the next car. Whereas this DRS zone, you get eight of them, and you can use them at any point, but you, after you're eight, you're done. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. That's a great explanation. Yeah, and when you hop in these these complicated cars like this, I mean, you got to be ready for that. You got to have buttons mapped and be ready to take advantage of that or you're going to be out to lunch. Yeah, and some people are talking that uh, they can't see that light on the dashboard because of their FOV. So uh, you might have to map a look down button. Right. All right. Sim Racing uh, X is going to have a few things they're going to need to add. Well, have they even added anything in sim racing apps for the uh, the uh, Le Mans cars with the Audi and the Porsche? Nope. All right, Greg, you're next. And once again, I'm behind. Uh, the next thing is support ticket uh, website. So I'm going to open up the link here. Um, so this is... For the, uh, I guess this came up to question on our, we were talking about this in the messenger this week because uh, we had a fellow member of our team had to protest somebody. And I guess this is the actual iRacing support um, page that shows you if you have an open ticket um, for, is it, does it show if somebody's got one against you as well? But at least yes. it'll show, okay, so it'll show when someone has an outstanding, um, or as the process is going on of, a protest or if you got one being protest against you um, and that's under the support uh, iracing.com under support I guess under ticket um, and you can just look in there and you can find us see if there's anything pending um, if you if you want to make a protest I guess it shows you how to how you got to do it all I guess David you were the one that we're trying to use it how did you find the interface for it uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, it just shows you the same stuff that you kind of get sent in an email. Um, the, but it's just like the email. You don't really know exactly. They don't tell you what the consequence was. They just tell you they've sent the other person what the con consequence is. And I haven't looked the guy looked at the guy's stats to see if he got a vacation or not. Now, you can't just navigate to this link, to this page. That's what we learned. And so we've <sighs> talked about this before. The way we found it is I kind of poked around on the forums and did some searches and found the link. But if you just go to the support.iracing.com, you will not find this page. They, they've hidden it, and it's basically hidden if you try to navigate to it. Now, if you type the website in directly, it does work. And so I'm going to read that right now. It's support.iracing.com backslash support backslash tickets. Okay, so when you first go to that page, it'll it'll do that entire address except for the word backslash tickets at the end. So if you add the word backslash tickets to that website, boom, you'll you'll find it. I'll nerd out a little on you. I think it's actually forward slash. But, uh, yeah, forward slash. Backslash. There you go. I just bookmarked it. <laughs> yeah, there no, you go. The, That's what I did too. I I'm just gonna it. check it on every once in a while because, like, I I didn't know that you could see one um, tickets that people had opened or that were open because somebody had filed against you. So now I just kind of want to check every once in a while to make sure I haven't pissed anybody off. <laughs> right I'll, after you I'll, wreck uh, somebody, I'll an outstanding <laughs> one for you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So so you can see it, I'll make one for you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> Let's test it out. All right, I got this next one. Um, there is a Facebook pay uh, group that was a iRacing blacklist group where people would talk about drivers who um, had been protested for bad driving or perhaps had sold sim equipment that uh, or that they collected money on and never shipped, that kind of thing, like a blacklist, where we would literally name out people. And it's been there for a while, and apparently the, the, uh, the admin changed the logo uh, to include a iRacing-type logo. Well, apparently uh, one of the pe drivers of, uh, alerted Nim Cross about this group. He happened to be one of the drivers that was being called out. Uh, Nim Cross uh, contacted the group and basically told them to cease and desist using the logo and any naming convention related to iRacing. Um, and so they did change the name of the group. It's now called iPacing Blacklist. They changed the logo as well. Um, and it also came out basically that it is against the sporting code to actually call out somebody even on a separate platform like Facebook. And so the whole premise of the group could get you suspended from iRacing. So um, I've been in the group. I haven't participated in the group. I'm just kind of watching uh, as a, you know, a watcher and uh, just seeing what's going on. But it's it, certainly interesting. I think Nim Cross is, I don't know if he's part of the group or if he's watching it or what, but uh, I just wanted to throw it out there, guys. You're not supposed to call people out, no matter where you do it. And the reason this exists is to cover iRacing. The reason they're doing it is to cover their butts, because the only reason you have access to someone's name is through their service. So the only reason you'd ever get a chance to complain about somebody is because it's through them, so they could come back on them. Um, Legal thing, it. right? Because you would never know that person, possibly, if you didn't have this service, right? Right. And that's probably a good thing to have because that way we can keep using real names. That's one of the cool things about iRacing and why the community is uh, so much better than a lot of other games is you have your real name instead of, um, you know, <laughs> Batman Hunter 69 or whatever. And, oh, you know, that has so real funny. Name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it better this way for sure. And you can imagine with social media the way it is, someone getting mad and you know immediately going to Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's quite a few posts with videos of Rex that people post in the uh, several of the groups. You know, I mean, is there a, is a blacklist a good thing? I mean, I almost have to side with iRacing on this. I mean, I don't think it's a good thing in any way, no matter where you have it. But I think you can have your own list, right? but don't share it. Well, even like us, we, you know, we talk about stuff all the time. We take names, but, you know, it's talked separately with our stuff, right? Yeah, it's just talk. Well, let's keep going. Mason, uh, big uh, topic. And we're going to switch off on this and we're going to summarize because there's a lot of information. So, uh, Mason, if you could start us off. All right, so we have the 2019 Season 1 build notes uh, here. The first thing up is the iRacing Beta UI interface got a giant makeover. Um, we got a new home section whenever you open it up. Uh, it has your latest news. Um, we have new help and support sections. Um, 
the league section is a huge um, advantage now. You can do that on the beta UI. Um, we have you can create a race on there, hostage sessions, um, active active sessions are available. Test drive is available as an option. Um, track list will only display a list of tracks instead of a list of all tracks and their configurations listed out. Once you select the track, you can then select the configuration. Um, we have a status bar at the top uh, that has better legibility. Let's see, a couple other things. Uh, fix some issues with drop-down menus, dates, um, toggling back and forth. So just a huge makeover for the beta UI. Yeah, and the big thing is the league stuff and the hosted weather and time of day. You can only do that in the beta. You can't do it on the the website. And that's like the big thing that's kind of sticking at people. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, Chris, the member, what about the website? Yeah, I'm glad I got this one because I, I really appreciate this fix. User disconnected um, there was a few channel. improvements to the member site. Um, most notable to me, uh, well, obviously they've added the night and day stuff. Um, it kind of goes without saying. But the most notable is um, the iRacing member site has been updated to allow for editing sessions created via the iRacing beta interface. However, the user will be unable to edit settings that are only available when creating a session through the iRacing beta interface. And I've actually uh, ran into this. What this means is if you started creating a hosted race, and race using the, the beta, um, you can make adjustments to it um, at the member site. And I had an issue where I had started something in the beta, had both sites, you know, both open, um, and closed out the, the beta site, thinking this was going to be the case, that the stuff was going to be there, you know, my on the, the member um, site, and it wasn't. And so no, now that stuff will be there. Um, if you're in the middle of creating something hosted, those will be um, consistent through the, the two sites other than the stuff that's um, only that you're only able to change on the beta site. Okay. And then Greg, series special events. I'm trying to understand this one. So it says here, we, we have added a new feature which allows to, us to special, or schedule special events for series within a normal season schedule. Each special event is a standalone racing event and entry is based on championship points within the series. Championship points awarded for such an event are not integrated back into the series. Uh, we could example, for example, they could schedule a single split race that would be populated by drivers with a top and in championship points either for a given weekend or overall season. Or we could have a week 12 pro race automatically built into a giving series for a top 40 race drivers based on the championship points for the series during the season. Um, Championship points can be earned for special events, are standalone, and are not part of the regular season standings. Yeah, so, so like if you run a fix for 12 weeks, on the 13th week, there'll be a special event. I think it's four times that week that you can enter, and however many people enter, they're only going to take the top 40 that are in the championship points from the 12-week season. So if you are the 41st, you're, you're denied entry into the race. It's a one split top 40 
well, whoever in the, those points shows up and it comprises of the top 40 are in the race. And uh, it's a standalone thing that they're doing. And they are doing it this week, I think, I saw. Yeah, we have another topic about it later. Yep. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. And there's going to be money uh, for those, too, I think, or some credits or something. Yep. All right, Mason, you're next. All right, we have an uh, update to the dynamic track. Um, there is a uh, the update where the client is now influenced by how many laps have been driven, including carryover between sessions. This will enable clients to enter a session without causing a dramatic change in the track appearance as the server updates come in. Um, maintenance of track temperature, track temperature changes between sessions, such as adding heat uh, from qualifying sessions, will now carry over and dissipate through the passage of simulated time. So that's kind of going along with our day tonight. Uh, and previously, it was ex assumed that enough time existed between sessions for the track to return to its equilibrium state, but uh, they have changed that, so now it does not. And you may directly influence this through the new day and night and time of day settings. For example, setting your, your events to run consecutively will create more vehicle-generated heat buildup through your, your event than having each session start four hours after each other. Okay, dynamic track. Now I'm going to skip this next one because it wasn't here when the original release notes were released, and we'll talk about that later in the show. So I'm going to move on to day, night, and time of day. Now, we've already talked a lot about this already, obviously. Uh, so I'm just going to look through this and see if there's anything I need to spell out. Just a second. Uh, there are generic presets. They call them sunrise, morning, afternoon, late afternoon, sunset, and night. That uh, You can just, you know, drop down to pick. Um, when you do use the generic presets, the event start time, positions the sun at a specific altitude above the horizon to match that generic term. And so they even spell out what degree above what horizon it's going to be for each of those uh, items. Uh, lights will automatically turn on as you go from day to night. So if you have headlights or there's track lights, those will automatically switch at a at a you know a set moment the driver doesn't need to do anything you can speed up the sun uh, or time of day so to speak um, you can have at normal speed double four times or eight that'll be really cool so the person uh so you can have get that effect in without having to run a 24-hour race <laughs> clouds cast shadows these shadows update dynamically as the clouds and sun move as times pass and so forth those shadows will affect track temp uh what else that's it okay so chris next next there were some um updates to the driving aids uh, the auto start aid is now optional you can turn it off if you want to manually start your engine when you get into the car this will be forced to off if you map your ignition to an on-off toggle switch. And also the auto start aid and auto clean visor aid are now allowed when using touch tilt driving. I think I'll just leave that on auto because I would forget to put my car in that deal where I'd start it and then not have my button mapped right or something. Well, I tried this. I, I did turn it on or the auto start off. And uh, I had to every time you get in the car, you have to start it. 
And so I would have to push the I button to uh, turn on the ignition and then S button to start the engine. And it actually kind of became cumbersome as every single time I would jump into the car, I'd have to I and S. And I was thinking, man, I need a button box. If I had a nice little button box for this, I'd probably leave it on. But since I'm just using the keyboard, yeah, I'm going to turn it back off. So I ended up just trying it for a few hours. Yeah, yeah I have a map for fuel saving um, reasons, which is fine. I like that they're there, but I don't think I want to definitely have to have it there to start the car. <laughs> All right, Greg, you want to get the next couple? Uh, so we got rally cross, uh, track configurations, uh, specific setups have been added for various rally cross vehicles. Uh, so that's a quick one for the rally cross, uh, the hybrid power units. So the PID auto deployment system now recalculates the control variable, the EOS percentage offset multiple times per lap. Uh, adjusting the hybrid system to include the manual deployment offset that com compensates for the required uh, requirement of a non-zero base value from refined calculations. I have no uh, idea what any of this means. I'd have to look more into it too. Uh, but it's the hybrid, the electric yeah, uh, thing. So they've yeah. made some quick uh, changes to probably to make the deployment more realistic for the laps. Uh, yeah. They've also updated the engine's system to account for the Porsche 911 harvesting more energy than it may legally deploy at Le Mans. And they also fixed a bug where the battery state of charge was not correctly being uh, carried over between driver changes. Want me to do one more? Yeah, sure. Alright, so the crowds, they've, uh, the crowd system, this is another one that we were talking about last week. Um, so the crowd system has been rebuilt from the ground up. Uh, to specifically improve both appearance and performance. Uh, in the previous system, crowd members would have to be seen facing the camera directly from the front or directly from the rear. With the new system, crowd members now render in a 360 degree, uh, in, uh, from 360 degrees facing for, uh, towards the racing action rather than towards the viewed camera. Uh, each crowd member is rendered uh, from a high fidelity 3D model to a texture with four times the amount of pixels than previous. The result is a crisp high resolution appearance that accurately uh, accurates normal maps and lighting in the simulation. The variation of crowd appearance, the variety of crowd appearances has also increased with a 33% uh, more unique people than before. Uh, each crowd member is also now an uh, in instant object uh, and each race fan takes advantage of the technology to reduce the memory usage and render uh, rendering time so that's a, that last one there's the big part of it because uh, the crowd is usually where people go to first if they're going to start taking stuff off to help their uh, graphics card keep up so they leave they're taking uh, you know memory and stuff away from it uh, to render it it helps out uh, people's systems all right did right, y'all notice the difference? Oh, sorry. I was just to see if you noticed the difference with the new crowd that you guys had raced. Not when I'm racing. I, when I was on the track, I actually didn't notice. All right. Uh, we got a new paint kit. Texture size for all helmet patterns has been increased from 512 by 512 to 1024 by 1024. So helmets should look better, hopefully. 
and uh, Radical and SimSpeed sponsors have been updated. Um, I'll take the next one too. Um, some of the options have been adjusted. All in-car controls not currently in use will no longer be displayed in the options screen. And some options and replay options screen items have been rearranged and adjusted. A sky cloud detail setting has been added to the options as we were talking about. Um, virtual mirror setting has been removed from replay options. The far terrain and trilinear filtering options have been removed from the options and the replay option screens. These options are still available for adjustment in the INI file. Okay, and then controls, uh, um, they've added mapping an on-off switch to some toggle controls. That is a switch that remains on or off rather than just a momentary toggle. A uh, checkbox has been added to the option screen to disable auto starter aid. That starts your car when you enter. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, they've added a thing called Quaxis control type, which uh, is basically a rotary knob that acts as a sequential series of buttons. And so it's basically support for the rotary knobs, uh, that one Fanatec wheel. Uh, that's what they're talking about. And it has a calibration widget. That's, uh, that's helpful because that helps uh, with that yeah, the fan, fan attack wheel there um, getting more button combinations yeah the GT3 rim uh, also the F7 and F8 black box widgets are now mappable to keys uh, admin controls okay this is big admins are now allowed to throw a caution even when the event has cautions off now we've been wanting that for a long time over in hosted so like at a road course that they didn't put it on? Or even an oval, you know. Uh, and, and what this allows is uh, you can have those special events. Like you could you could do stage racing. You could say, okay, after 50 laps, I'm going to throw a caution. And after, you know, lap 100, I'm going to throw another. Or, you know, that kind of thing. That's great. Yeah. Because before... You you had to have cautions on for an admin to be able to throw a caution. But now you could turn at cautions off, and the admin can be in complete control of the caution process. That's would be helpful for a lot of the leagues then, I guess. Yep, I'll pick up this next one, force feedback. Uh, the big thing here is there's a new wheel force slider has been added. Okay, and um, you set this to the peak force of your wheel to help keep the auto function from overdriving your wheel. This also rescales the strength slider so you cannot manually oversaturate your wheel on accident. Um, there's a dampened oscillations has been renamed to reduce force when parked. Meaning like if you're parked, the car is parked, the force feedback is not in play, so to speak. I've been seeing a lot of videos on the iRacing Facebook groups about that, so that'll help. That'll be helpful. Yep. Well, when I sit on pit road, my wheel just shakes really bad. Um. Okay. So who's next, Chris? Um. Yes. Next, there are some options about the replay. Um. Not a huge deal there. Uh, there's an Oculus uh, option. Um. Rift. They, they moved to the new software for Oculus. Yeah, yeah, basically, yep. 
And uh, anti-cheat, that update is just, uh, they both updated the easy cheat application. Um, I'll start with the, the cars and get, get that first well, few Well, I mean, just hit there. on the big things, like the new ones. I mean, you got um, new cars. You got the I F3 think the only and ones you got I know the 3.5. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the only two I know of are that F3 and... Um, Yeah, the three point five Renault. Those are those are pretty big deals, though, right? The, um, I mean, uh, like I don't know much about them, but yeah, for open wheel guys, that's going to be pretty huge. So before we hopped on here, I was using uh, one of the pieces of software we talked about last week that kind of talked about participation in the series, and uh, I looked at the Formula Renault three point five for week thirteen and the Formula three. The Formula Formula three point five seems to be getting like right off the bat the better participation, but everybody's migrating to Formula 3 from what I can see. And a lot of cars got a lot of different adjustments. We're not going to go through those. Um, let's talk a little bit about Charlotte. We got the new Roval and new updated Oval. I mean, what do you guys think? I've had a lot of fun running Charlotte at the Roval on the 13-week uh, uh, A car, you know, Roval race. They run it every 30 minutes. And it's pretty tough to get through the first lap without being wrecked. It's hard, but it's fun. Okay. Let's say I think um, both. Uh, see, I think David hasn't he won a race or two there. I know he had to step away. Well, Mason also won Brent McCoy. Twice. Or, oh, he won wait, two in what, a row, didn't he? What, what did you say, something, Mason? I thought it was, I knew that uh, Brent had won something. I was like, who is the other guy? Maybe it's the guy right here in the podcast. <laughs> nah, I won my first two races at the track. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I can't I get through anyway. the, the bus stop or the first chicane very fast. I just suck. I, say, I haven't raced it yet, but I can't imagine. I, you know, I, uh, T squared our, our our Tony teammates. They sent a couple of videos where their um, first few laps around the track weren't quite as successful. They're getting some airtime over the turtles. Oh yeah, the turtles are pretty cool. I mean, if you hit them right, it, it's nice. But if you don't, you're wrecking. The turtles are very popular on YouTube. I've seen so many videos popping up right just with the turtles showing in general. Just today when I opened it up, I was like, holy crap, the amount of iRacing videos with the turtles is a nuts. Where's that, the the bus stop tires at, Mike? Are they, like, are they uh, where they had started? Um, or are they farther back, like where NASCAR kind of moved they, them to they, before the race? Yeah, they didn't push them back like they did for their actual NASCAR race. Uh, they're where they started the weekend at. And they don't move. They are rock solid, like a wall. <laughs> we need Bubba Wallace in here. <laughs> Somebody's moving back. <laughs> okay, a couple other notes. Uh, Tony Gardner mentioned that um, as far as the IndyCar pit crews, they did not make the build, but they hope to get them out in a couple weeks from now. That's awesome. Now, yeah, and then we had a new update, a patch already, hot fix number one. And um, the, the release notes on that are uh, they fixed an issue where the website where it would sometimes not display correctly after registering for a hosted session. They fixed some stuff with the beta. Um, they fixed some day-night problems that they had. Um, they, they reduce the brightness of the dark. Like I mentioned before, the ambient light at night has been reduced. Um, so I'm going to have to try Lamar again, since they've made this update, uh, the pit guy, uh, the sign, 
the pit sign guy was missing. Uh, he's been uh, back, uh, put back with this uh, release. Uh, they also fixed an issue where some cars were able to leave the pits with invisible tires. And uh, they fixed a problem with time attack and some other mapping issues. They also put out uh, uh, setups for the Chevrolet Camaro A car that they forgot to update. They updated all the cars but the Camaro. Um, they also fixed an issue at the Roval where some people were getting a slowdown penalty when they gridded. Yeah, it looked like they were having issues in the hosted racing servers um, where people were doing hosted sessions over 25 hours. So don't oh, do that. Oh, it would crash the server, right? Yeah, so guys, just don't do that. Okay, Chris, you're next. Uh, crowds. Um, yeah, next is just a, a post. Um, I believe it was by uh, iRacer Nick Nieben on the in the forums, and some people have started picking apart the new crowds and just um, kind of seeing how diverse the crowd is. It went from kind of our cookie cutter stamped um, crowds. You can actually pick out some different different types of people. <laughs> It's very interesting. Uh, yeah, iRacing put up a tweet about the crowds, and um, and then yeah, you're right. We got some close-up high-res photos of the crowd as well. Did you guys get a chance to look at the uh, mix of people we have here? Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of hippies. <laughs> well, what's interesting is where are the headphones? You know, ear protection. Nobody has ear protection. I found one. <laughs> oh, you found one. Okay. I guess some of them look like walking dead zombies. <laughs> well, and then some of them, they throw their hands up in the air like they're dancing or something. Yeah, right next to the guy that looks all pissed off. <laughs> One guy looks like having a party. The grumpy guy? Yeah. Glad and he this got is a couple my... bald guys with no hair. So this is what my GPU is going towards. <laughs> now there's one particular photo... Uh, I, I found like a, a punk rock girl that has like a mohawk mullet and she's in like a, you know, just a t-shirt uh, thing. But yeah, punk rock all the way. A skater punk maybe. Uh, but anyway, she's real pretty. <laughs> they still have a good number of iRacing shirts there. So make sure to get that in. And, and the diversity of the crowd was uh, a lot. It, it's not just white people, folks. It's got uh, all the different skin colors. Almost too much, I would say. Um, well, at least in NASCAR world. I don't know about everywhere else. Okay, Greg, you're next. Uh, so titled, Kind of Fast IRX. The yeah. Racing Rally Cross Series, uh, no better time. Tyler Hudson posted, um, "Good day, iRacers. Uh, if you have been ever thought of racing in the iRacing uh, Rally Cross Series, there has been a no or there has never been a better time than now. Beginning in 2019, season one, iRacing will help the IRX community leader Matt Everhart, Everhart of the Kind of Fast IRX group." have teamed up to provide stable and comp uh, competitive baseline setups for the for every IRX vehicle and every track. These will be available in the garage 
or in the garage in the iRacing setup folder. Also, beginning in the 2019 season one, uh, the iRacers or the iRacing uh, Rallycross rookie division will be fixed setup, so drivers looking to make the jump to the IRX can focus on clean, consistent laps. So that's kind of exciting. Uh, you got you can have help in the open setups, and then the fixed one you can just go in there and race. You know that's good to have a fixed series. That's what I, I think we've been looking for on the uh, rallycross, haven't we? I know I have been. I mean, like I, I I enjoy the open setups more with the stock cars, but that's because that's what I drive and I want to spend that time. But yeah, if I'm just jumping into something, I, I want to have to worry more about the car and getting around the track than how the car's set up. So. I think that's cool. I think that's what people want when they're starting out with something new. Man, that uh, kind of fast IRX group—they also have track tutorials up there. Nice. Oh, cool. That's even yeah, even more help. But yes, they're so much fun to drive. I just don't know what the answer is to getting the participation up because I'm part of the problem. You know, I'm one of the guys that never hardly drives it, but loves it when he does. Yeah, it is fun. I, I have a, I've I've done it a couple times here in the soft week. Right. You wonder you wonder if they. You know, if this is a hit the way they're doing it, maybe they should try finding ways to do it in a lot of the other series. Find a group like this, you know, that would do it in like, you know, the Formula One car or the, you know, I mean, we have VRS that you can, you pay to subscribe for, but they don't have anything to give you a good baseline to work from that people could feel like they could be competitive with. That's a good idea. All right, Mason, you're next. All right, we have an update for trading paints. Um, it looked like there were some issues where the trading paints would get stuck on searching for cars on track. Um, so they released an update. It most likely forced you into it whenever you uh, turned on your sim. Um, but they also do have a link to further updates for trading paints um, that I have in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. Yeah, you got to update it if you want the paints to work. This usually happens every build, so... But you got to remember, uh, Trading Paints is a separate company from iRacing, and they do that f basically for legal reasons, uh, because we do not have permission to run a lot of the sponsors that you see on these cars. And so the workaround to get iRacing out of liability for that is that liability shifts to Trading Paints, which is just a couple iRacers who put together a company and, and they made some software. And so if they get sued, they get sued, but it'll be separate from iRacing. It's basically code looking for code, and if that code changes that it was looking for, it's hard to find it, right? I, I appreciate Steve Lavender for uh, taking on that responsibility of that legal. He's putting himself at legal risk, guys so we can enjoy paints on our cars. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Well, probably the, at least the thing is, is if something did ever happen, they just ask them to take it down before they do something you'd hope. Well, we hope we never have to go there. So far, from what I know, Steve has not been sued or anything like that. All right, I got the next one. Uh, our old friend uh, John Hammer has... Uh, been testing like crazy since the build came out as you would expect and he obviously found something and what he found was the old 115 120 degree track temp is now like being on a 90 degree temp track temp 
The goal posts have gotten moved, but the system is the same. We're getting reports that at Dover B car, we're going a half a second quicker on a hotter track. It feels like the track temp is 20 degrees cooler than it is. Now we've had other drivers substantiate what John has said. Um, we also found a post from Tyler from last week before the build. I'm going to quote Tyler wrote, Tyler Hudson wrote, I've heard through the grapevine that sensitivity to temperature will be reduced next build, but I cannot confirm at the moment. And so John uh, started asking questions in the forum about why is this happening? Uh, he started, I think, several forum posts, to tell you the truth. Um, eventually, we got noticed. It took a while. Uh, th the staff was pretty much non-existent on all of those threads for the longest time. Then all of a sudden, we got a post, a very rare post, from iRacing founder David Kamer. And he came out and said, let me get the quote here. There should have been a release note about the temperature response change. There wasn't, by the way. Uh, there is now. If you go to the release notes, you'll see that they've added it. Um, it wasn't there originally. He says, I changed the V6 tire so it is about half as responsive to temperature as it was before this build. We knew that the tire temp response was about twice what it should be. I just didn't know why. I think I know why now, so for V7, that should be fixed correctly. The V6 change is a bit of a hack, but it works more closely to reality, and so the track temp changes from sun, clouds, day and night have about the right effect on grip. Wow. The technical part of me wants to know exactly what it was, but I'm just glad that he's coming out and saying something about it. Well... The messed up thing is that this was such a, even though it might have been a tiny, a small change in code, it was a huge change in the car. So I don't know why, how they didn't stick this in their release notes. Um, well, the only originally, was, if you think about it, Chris, the only reason it was found is because what Hammer was saying in his posts and what he was talking about us in a messenger was about is he was <laughs> this, testing. This would have right? been found by every iRacer yeah, that raced a race. Yeah, I was finding it. It's no, but I'm just I'm saying that the reason that it's the reason that he found it so quickly is because he had, was already practicing before the build at that track, and then as soon as the build came out, that it changed the way that that track was having. So that's why he noticed right away. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's a huge change, and and it's ridiculous that it didn't make the uh, original release notes because, like you said, this is a huge change. Yeah, and it sounds to me like. Um, what Kamer is saying that with the new tire model, the this is the tires are pretty much going to behave the way uh, with like this like he says there's going to be uh, they're a lot less sensitive to that temperature as far as how quickly they wear, and it sounds like for our the tires we have now all he did was basically just change a number um, that just just cuts the the um, cuts it in half and yeah it where, cuts where some multiplier half? in half I mean, yeah just pulled out of the air and. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like they just pulled it out of the air, like just cut it in half to make it closer to what the uh, version seven is going to be when it comes out. So we're getting that cut now instead of when the tire comes out, and everybody says, "Oh my God, you know this tire is so much different; it's got to be broken." If I'm a crew chief right now, I'm putting my head through the wall because the last several years you've been 
you've been ch every single session changing wedge and changing you know springs and changing the setup to fight the these temperature swings that have been drastic you rem remember how last year we had to have two or three setups going into a race because if the temperature was 10 or 15 degrees different we had to have a completely different setup because it was such a drastic change now all that work was all due to a mistake where, oh, sorry, uh, we had it up twice as high as it should have been. We're going to cut it in half and put it back. It's like all that work and all that nonsense we went through is all for, you know, not just, you know, throw out the notebook and start over. Yeah, and well, and the reason I think that John is on the, former, on the forums and notices, you know, so quickly is because he's right in the middle. He is a crew chief and he's right in the middle of that B series, um, the pro series, yeah. The, yeah, that pro series that they completely ignore <laughs> and went away, you know, ever since the they started it. So yeah, he just got kind of crapped on, you know, right in the middle of their series. These guys were running to try to get to peak and now they they have this huge change. Well, it's the same for everybody, but it's a little irritating, like I said. I I would be putting my head through the wall if I put a lot of skin into setups and stuff. All right, Chris, you're next. Beta UI. Oh, yeah, sorry. I got it carried away and was completely scrolled too far away from that. Yeah, it's basically a poll that somebody put up. Oh, yeah, there it is. Um, yeah, so they just uh, they posted a poll um, wanting to know uh, what people thought of the beta UI as far as it how it stands now um and as of right now it's 74 percent people think they it's not great they don't like it and 26 percent say they do wow. and uh i voted and i'm on the negative side and so am I. honestly i don't know what there is to like about it and and that's coming from somebody that and that's been since i i joined iRacing and since that was only a you know a year ago i feel like i have pretty good input as far as what uh a you know, software is supposed to look like if you when I first came into it. It really hasn't changed from then, other than the left side of the menu, and that's just not it's just not set up in a good way. And all the little fixes aren't changing that. And you're not the only one to say that. There's four pages of comments here, and as you read through it, uh, man, I mean, there's so many different things wrong with this thing. It's slow. It's clunky. It uses too much resources. Um, it doesn't do everything you want it to do. You have to click a bunch of different times to do this. You can do it real easy on the website. I mean, there's just so many negative things. I actually posted on this thread and said, look, isn't iRacing embarrassed by this thing? That's when you, when 74% of the drivers say it's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah, And now yeah. they're kind of forcing us to use it. Exactly. And that's what irritates me even more is that whole night day thing with the league and hosted you have to use the beta ui to do that it reminds me of um my xbox's uh ui a, a bit and um the xbox's ui as it currently stands is probably the one of the the as well known as being the worst user interface that you're going to find anywhere and it seems like they're they, every time they change it it makes it more towards that just just Worse. Yeah, I will say I was trying to race the Roval and get to it from the website, and that wasn't easy to find. So it was a little bit easier on the UI. Yeah, the only thing I can say I enjoy 
on the UI that I think is better is um, setting up a hosted race. That is actually works pretty well, and I like how it's set up, and, and that's absolutely it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, with the amount of negativity about it and the bad perception of it, and this voting proves it, if I was an iRacing management, man, I'd be thinking, it's time to make a hard decision. Scrap it and start over. Hire a different set of people that, to work on it than the people that are working on it now because this isn't working. You know, I, I, I'm just afraid they're going down a rabbit hole and it's just going to get worse and worse. It doesn't seem to get better. It's the uh, NASCAR, the equivalent of the NASCAR COT. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, when you sit and read all four pages of these comments, there's no way you can tell me that these people are wrong. Everything they said is actually correct. And and so when you hear all that, it's just like, what are they doing? They've been working on this thing forever. And uh, is it going the right way? It doesn't seem like it is. And like I said, you can kind of, you can, they can try to say that it's people that don't want change. Like I said, I've only been with iRacing for a year, and so it was just it was like that when I joined, and I couldn't understand how to get around the thing. That's not what you want. No, I just to hope use. they re yeah they rethink the whole you know getting rid of the website thing because I just think the web or at least duplicate it where every functionality is in both places. Don't force us to use the beta. Yeah, I think they'll have to get rid of the website eventually. Probably there's probably a reason they're doing that. But you're right. Why not make it look you know a lot more similar to how the website is? Why not make the beta much more like that? Are they going to try? You know, is the reason the beta UI is being made is it's to make it more like an actual piece of software to purchase, right? Or console base. Yeah, like it can be. It, are they going to maybe try and down the road take advantage of a different market? I mean, they need that kind of interface if they ever move to console. I mean, yeah, I imagine it would probably cut down on. Um, it, it's probably cause the server issues too, the way it's set up now. Because if everybody was already, it seems like a lot of that the loading is done when you load on the interface, and then so when you join a race, it's not so taxing on their servers. I would think so. It might help with some of those when you have the big events where a lot of people are signing up at the same time. I mean, I think the whole idea was that the website's not secure because you have a local service running. And the website communicates with that local service. So it's not HTTPS, it's HTTP. And that's the whole thing they're trying to get rid of. But wh who cares if it's not secure, okay? So what if some hacker can see that I signed up for Suzuka in the Formula One car? I don't care. Uh, what they need to do is redo the website and do it with HTML5, do it with an updated 2018, you know, web uh, language, okay? The problem with the, the current website, it's based on 10-year-old JavaScript crap, and that's why, you know, they want to get rid of it too. But, man, instead of investing in the beta UI, let's build an HTML5 website and do it right. It I just ain't don't get broke, it. don't fix it. Exactly, and and it's been that way forever. And you're right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right, let's keep moving on. Uh, who's next? Greg. World is flat. The world is flat. So, so I seen this so, the other day. Some of the pictures that some people are posting here. Uh, I'm gonna screw this name. An Antiola. Um, 
said the skybox doesn't stretch around the entire world, which makes the edges of the sky um, visible on every track at different points of the track. Example in the pictures below. So on our stream here, you got the, um, I got the pictures open here showing what he's, you know, looks like he's showing at Laguna Sega, or WeatherTech Raceway now, I guess, Laguna Sega. And uh, so I, it was commented on by uh, Steve or Sean Nash. Uh, it is it is well known. Thanks. Uh, it's it's on me, but it's an easy fix or is easy to fix, in a minor detail compared to what we do or what we did to make this work. It is a large issue. It is a large issue at some tracks uh, than others. Believe me, there are worse issues uh, in there still, and uh, we had to prioritize. So it sounds like they know, obviously, that the problem is they're just trying to, you know, trying to get everything out for everybody as soon as they can, and some things got missed or didn't uh, get finished. Yeah, when you look to the horizon and you're looking at the edge of the sky where it meets the edge of the land, sometimes there's a gap there. That's what we're talking about, and it's just gray, and it looks kind of odd when you do see it. I think I saw it at Lamar once. It looks kind of jagged. Right. All right, Mason, you're next. All right, quick one here. We talked about in our patch notes that the oval pit sign was not coming down in like the NASCAR series, uh, and the little pit gentleman holding the sign was not there. So uh, that got fixed in our hot fix, and there's no more issues. Yep, and the they also acknowledged the um, engine sounds what, during ignition and startup, we mentioned that, are missing, but they're going to be adding that. And so... They talked about adding even like the fuel pump turning on and when you hit ignition, the lights come on and, the, you know, you hear all the different things. And uh, so there's going to be sound uh, to go with it, but there isn't any yet. All right, Chris, next, Super, spe super Sessions. Yeah, this is kind of a little bit more on uh, what we touched, uh, touched on earlier. Um, with some of the bill notes, but uh, it's a post by Doug Hunt Jr. Well, it's where he announces the, the money. Oh, yeah, actually, it does for the, the week 13 stuff. Yeah, I uh, didn't even see that in the second part there. So, um, is this going to be for all three, all those series, the first, second, and third? Well, it, as he mentioned, it's just the four he has listed. I don't understand why they don't do them all, but uh, it's just Mazda Cup, Street Stock, Dirt Street Stock, and Rallycross. Yeah, but um, they're gonna they're they're gonna use these super sessions, which we had mentioned earlier. Which what that is is uh, you know if you have three hundred people that sign up for a, a race, they can take a championship race. You can pluck out the top forty drivers instead of you know, the top forty in points instead of just by like a split, say. Right. And so that's what they're gonna do um, for these races and. Uh, First being 250 credits, second be 150 credits, and third being 100 credits. Um, the Mazda Cup is going to be on Saturday at 2015 GMT. Uh, street Stock Sunday at 115 GMT. Uh, Dirt Street Stock at Sunday 215 GMT. And Rally Clock Cross will be at Sunday at 1515 GMT. And if you are close to the cut line, if you are like maybe the 41st driver in the championship points, still register because maybe one won't show up and you'll get to slip in. 
Yeah, exactly. It goes the the top forty in championship points who are registered. So yeah, if, if you... yeah, nobody, not exactly. everyone's going to show up. Yeah, definitely not. Wow, two hundred and fifty credits. That's a lot. Oh yeah, that'll get you get you some content. All right, Greg, you're next. CPU CPU issues after the update. So. Um... People are reporting um, that they're having some CPU user issues with the, the usage and the bar going um, meter going fully red. Uh, it's being caused by the uh, by a sound issue, or they think it's been caused by a sound issue. Um, now, I didn't, uh, I haven't looked at this completely. Um, does anybody know more into this than? Uh, what's been going on. I have yet to actually get onto the service well, you, since uh, yeah, the Yeah, if update. you're using a sound card and you're having issues, it could be related to the sound card. And so people are, that were using uh, virtual audio cable, like if you're a streamer, you might know that program. Uh, that was causing some problems, and by stopping the use of virtual audio cable, that would fix it. Um, I personally have had a couple of I, I don't want to call them stutters. They were almost like freezes, where it would freeze for like a second and a half. Like literally just freeze. I could still hear it, but visually it was frozen. I've had a couple of those, and I feel like they're related to sound because the sound would kind of skip when that would happen. And so I wonder if I'm having a sound problem too. Well, and I've been re reporting the last couple of weeks of having a CPU issue in certain times of the thing. I wonder if this is... It was happening before times, and now it's amplified even more. One idea is disable sound completely and see if that fixes the problem. And uh, but anyway, it's this is an ongoing thing at this moment. It hasn't been addressed. Uh, it's just you know people are talking about it. Yeah, and obviously as they add more features, it's going to become more taxing on your equipment. But I mean, Mike shouldn't be having any issues because he just bought all new stuff. But right, I agree with that. All right. Basin. All right, we have a uh, <laughs> a little glitch here. Um, I I entitled it the Mike Harmon damage model in reference to uh, Mike Harmon at at Bristol, I believe it was, where his car completely like was shredded apart from him. Um, so on iRacing, Tyler Justice posted a video uh, where he's missing the entire front half of his car. You can see the hips and body of the driver, but no legs, no engine, no firewall nothing at the roval so uh looks like he hit a turtle maybe or something there but he was in a b car and lost the whole front end or the a car and lost the whole front end i was thinking alex zanardi i mean that's what i saw when i saw this really i mean the car is literally literally cut in half i've never seen that in iRacing before but boy, those turtles, man, they'll damage a car, won't they? Uh, what else about turtles, Mason, did you see? Yeah, uh, looks like we got a NASCAR and NBC tweet. Um, we had Landon Castle and Park Clearman up there um, running over all these turtles, flipping their NBC car. They got the in-car view. They got the out-car view. Um, they do show him going through there one time cleanly, so that was good. But, uh, but yeah, they're, they're having a blast there with the turtles. It is fun, absolutely, and uh, yeah, it was kind of neat to see NASCAR 
on NBC uh, post up a video about it. And um, the other person who put up a video was Frederick Rasmussen. Uh, and I looked this guy up. He's an iRacer, but he is uh, involved heavily in uh, I, in racing eSport. Uh, he recently finished second uh, in the uh, eSport uh, Formula One eSport series finale. And uh, he was part of that and all that other stuff. And so he's one of those guys. And boy, yeah, he, did you uh, see how fast he could get through there? Yeah, he was running the, the Cadillac through there. And his whole entire, all four wheels off, but he still maintained control of it. Looked like it was hopping like a like a pogo stick in the air. Well, he's almost using the turtles to turn that car, to get the car to turn. Yeah, that's crazy. And how fast can you get through there? I mean, I'm I'm downshifting and I'm kind of taking it easy, but the fast guys, they're not slowing at all. They're just burping it. And they're somehow getting through there. Yeah, slow and steady wins the race sometimes, like the turtles. All right, I got the next one. 2019 schedules. Uh, once the peak schedule is finalized by NASCAR, I can release the Road to Pro schedule in details. Looks like we'll probably start mid-March. Now, this is much different than what we heard before. I think a few weeks ago we heard... That Road to Pro wasn't starting until June. Um, now he's saying it's going to be March. And the other thing that's interesting uh, that Tyler mentions is, hey, this is all under control by NASCAR. They're the ones putting the schedule together, which is kind of interesting. Is that that new guy that they've put in charge, maybe, that uh, is going to oversee it? Yeah, more? Juson Hamilton. Yeah, they got a guy. It looks like they still have no idea what they want to do, though. Like, okay, now they're, they say June last time, and now they're saying March. Like, you know, you know, see what they you know get a plan together before you let let that information go. All right, and then also in scheduling, um, a reminder: twenty nineteen season one of the Winged four ten Sprint is a series that we use to determine the rest of the World of Outlaw Championship Series Sprint Car roster. The top 20 in standings at the end of 2019 Season 1 may be invited, depending on past history. And then they're going to run the championship in Season 2. Now, the other thing they announced was the special event schedule. That's been released as well. Now, what they're doing differently this year, they kind of started doing this last year, is they're taking the special events and they're inserting them into regular seasons, 12-week seasons. And so, like, as we already know, the special events on the NASCAR side are part of the NIS Open and NIS Fixed. But they went on to further announce uh, the other series, uh, like, for example, the Roar Before 24 will be part of the Global Challenge Series. Um the Bathurst will be part of the GT Endurance Series and so forth. And uh, the 24 Hours of Spa will also be GT Endurance. And so um, they do have some that are standalone, like the 24 Hour of Daytona. Um, what else? Uh, they And this also announces the NIS full distance races. Uh, we got the Daytona 500. We got the Charlotte 600. We got the Bristol 500. And the Homestead 400. So there's four. They should have changed them this year. They shouldn't have run the same ones as they did last year. 
Yeah, they are staying the same, it looks like. Like, they could keep the Daytona 500 and, and Homestead, but, you know, maybe throw, you know, don't put Bristol in there. Put, you know, a full race somewhere else. Like, there's plenty of other good race tracks. Like, do the, they didn't do Indy this time again. Nope. <laughs> um, well, they had they a got, schedule, remember, and nobody <clears throat> wanted to do it. <laughs> and then they got Charlotte, the 600. That's a long race, and not many people participated in that one, like, by the end of the week. What's the point of that race, though? I almost think that's the one they have to leave alone because it's a 600. You know, it is the 600. It's NASCAR's endurance one, so that one, I don't know, it kind of has to be four hours, I think. You're going to make any of them. If that's, maybe, if anything, instead of Bristol, the 500, maybe do the Southern 500 at Darlington or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mix it up. I would, as long as there isn't too many. I mean, four is too almost too many. But I'm okay with four, I guess. All right, Chris, you're next. Ty Majeski. Uh, yep. Next is a tweet uh, from from Ty Majeski. Um, Man, he almost won it. Yeah, I finished um, P2 in the Snowball Derby. Uh, I didn't. Uh, that race came and went. And I miss it this year, which which sucks because it's a great race. And if plus, he would have had I, a few more laps, he could have got. He could would have won it. That's what he says. <laughs> he said he said he was right there, and so I wish I would have seen it because it's, it's a great race, and I would have been watching, and I would have been watching on um, Speed51.com, and I guess in an interview with them, he confirmed that he's been told by Roush Fenway that they will not have an Xfinity program in 2019. He plans to return to full-time super late models next year sucks i hate that like I, I i think he has the talent he just couldn't get the luck it seemed like that car was cursed all year long it didn't matter who got into it like that, that thing was just always getting wrecked and usually it wasn't their fault they were just always there i can't believe somebody won't pick him up in nascar i mean he's a good driver his teammate chase briscoe got picked up um, but he didn't and uh, they were pretty much running the same uh, it's a the bummer, man. I mean, we wanted to see this guy go NASCAR racing. Yeah, I don't think he got a good shot. And he probably doesn't have enough money with him. That's unfortunately. That's it. Seems like uh, these days a lot of the drivers are really having to do their own thing as far as getting the sponsorship dollars there. And if they don't, they're not going to get a ride. It doesn't matter if they are the fastest guy. It just really seems uh seems that that seems like kind of that is going that route. I hope by racing sponsorship still sticks around, like maybe hopping on with Christopher Bell or hopping on with one of Junior's cars. Something. I mean, he's i racing is on the hood of his super late model, and so we do appreciate that, and that's kind of why we talk about him. And uh, boy, I I would you know it'd be cool if i racing could somehow you know give this guy some backing so he could be in NASCAR. All right, I got the next one. Uh, the other night, uh, I was running with my teammate, Phil Linden. Uh, we were running uh, late models um, at some small track, I forget. And uh, looking through who was in the room, uh, none other than Kevin Harvick in the four car. And I'm like, wow, is that really Kevin Harvick? And so I pulled up the profile, the iRacing profile, and... It sure looks like it's Kevin Harvick. It's got his uh, NASCAR stats in there. He's from North Carolina, or actually, he was part of the California Club, uh, which we know he's from originally from California. So I'm pretty sure it was him. Now they were taking only the top 15 
out of all the like 40 cars were in there into the main event and he was like 18th in speed and so he actually disconnected because he knew he wasn't going to make the main event but we were in there for a little bit with him it was kind of interesting were you faster than him well yeah we made the event and he did so oh i'm faster than harvick all right uh (laughs) before hardware software Tafosi Racing is looking for social media manager and a league manager. If you're interested in joining Tafosi Racing, hit us up. Let's jump to hardware software. Um, Chris, you're first. Uh, yep. <laughs> we get to that point there. Uh, yep, next is a post by Philip Jansen Van Rensburg. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about his rig before. This is an update. Yeah, and so it looks pretty similar to what he the other others he's posted for. I'm seeing him, but is this thing all stainless steel? Well, it's the eighty twenty. Yeah, and what what he added was the seat belts. And wow, they look cool, man. I, I I've never seen. I think it's a six point harness. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure enough. Need to scroll down a little bit farther, but I don't know. They look really cool, but this is another one of those seats that makes me cringe when I think about racing it that long. That's one of those things I don't know if I need 100% realistic. <laughs> you need a little like more padding. Cushion. Yeah, yep. <laughs> they, they probably are pretty comfortable because if you think about a NASCAR seat, they don't really have much padding in them either, and they drive around on no suspension almost, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, they get paid a lot of money to do that. Yep. <laughs> and it's for looks, a safety reason. <laughs> looks like he's going for the GS5 uh, next. Yeah, that's why he bought the belts. He's he's getting them in preparation for the GS5 because he definitely wants them for that. I want to know what this guy does for a living that keeps investing all this money into it. Uh, you know, I always wanted a six-point harness seat belt on my seat for racing and uh i like the looks of that one it's the company's called proforce so uh, i'm not sure where he got them but boy they look nice all right let's keep moving uh greg you're next i racing weekly planner so it's uh, it's a software i guess it's website uh, website that you can uh i guess plan I'm not familiar with this part of that. I don't see this thing that you guys talking about, but so it's, you, you can plan out your races for the week or what? Mike, you want to take this one just because I'm not familiar with this part of it. I wasn't fooling around with this thing. This thing is pretty cool. It, it's you, you mark down which cars you own and which tracks you own. Okay. Then you can filter it to that and it will show you right now what races are available for what you own like in time order. And um, and so I was playing with this with David the other day, uh, and it was kind of cool, and it was kind of working, but at the same time, it was not catching every race. For example, it, it wasn't showing me Carburetor Cup for some reason. And so you have to take the time to actually go in and mark which cars you own and which tracks you own, and then it works correctly. And that was part of the problem. I didn't have one of those things checked right. So you really got to pr- take a m- time to program it, so to speak, for it to work. But once you do, it, it's actually really easy to read, and it's real easy to see at a glance what is available to race right now. And it's much 
better than looking at the actual iRacing website, I think. Um, the website is called iRacing-Week-Planner.tmo.lol. And so you can get the script if you guys want the link or, or just type that in and you'll find it. All right, Mason, Sim Room Review. All right. We have an Instagram post from Sim Junkie UK. Um, it says the amazing Sim Room of at Mark Armstrong Gaming. Uh, looks like he's got um, an 80 20 rig with, I'm um, assuming, a Fanatec V2.5 base and about f uh, four steering wheels over there. Um, and his, his little racing shoes and a nice lighted cabinet. Um, I'm thinking that's the PC mounted to the wall up top, which is that's very crazy. Interesting. Huh? He's got the, the graphics card there. So I guess airflow is great because <laughs> there's doesn't look like there's much cover on it. Um, he's got triple monitors. They look, uh, I'm guessing maybe 27s and a fourth monitor up top. It's a little bit smaller, um, a nice seat. And uh, this guy's headset back there. So yeah, that's a that's a pretty cool rig. There's two of them. If you change to the next picture, he's actually got two triple monitor eighty twenty rigs in the same room, and that display case for the wheels. I, I was thinking about Greg. Greg, you can put your wheels in that. Wouldn't that be nice? Lit well, it's display kind of like, case. It's nice to have that nice display case. It's got lights and everything in it. Right. Um. Do you even notice that he has his own? Looks like an, an even just as powerful computer on a desktop with a big. Uh, it's probably what a wide, a 32 inch widescreen. Yeah, like a regular office setup. But yeah. it's but that's even a nice little setup he's got going there too. Definitely has uh, an env an enviable cave that you know. I wish I had a room like that. Yeah. I love the computer on the wall with the open architecture. That's unique. His desktop is the same thing that I have for that I'm running iRacing on. All right, pretty cool. Uh, all right, uh, what's next? I have it. The sim racing gloves we found. Uh, there was a tweet from F33L about the new SR2 sim racing gloves. They're on offer and going fast. Make sure you order if you want them before Christmas. And they have them modeled here by Ali Pakla. And they come in red and blue. And they do have a website called f33l.gg is the name of the website. And you can actually go there and buy these gloves. It looks like they're 25 pounds. <laughs> Finland's next top model. He's not. <laughs> so what makes these, you know, sim gloves? I have no idea. Not fireproof. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But thirty bucks. What do you expect? They look. They look, they look nice. All right. Yeah, they look kind of like mechanics gloves. Like, and might... they don't go way up your arms like you know the goofy fireproof gloves that you see some people wearing. You should get the fireproof gloves though if you're gonna have an Nvidia card. Uh oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, uh, Greg, you're a fan you want of me tech to take guy, this one? so yeah, you take the next one. Okay, so this has started popping up all week here, uh, <laughs> and I know I, I wish David was here to give some opinions on it, but he had to step away. Um, 
I've actually reached out to my fanatic contact as well. He has yet to get back to me on this, but uh, looks like the Fanatec Podium uh, series, the direct drive wheels, had a setback in a hardware issue, and um, they're uh, postponing the anyone that had a pre-order because I think it was supposed to come out in December here, wasn't it? It was supposed to be like the next yep. couple weeks, wasn't it? And then uh, they've now postponed it to April around April, end of April, beginning of May um, because of the issue that they found because they decided they didn't want to send out a, a product and then have to, uh, you know, not have it working for the people, for people, um, you know, cause it would sometimes happen and sometimes not. So they wanted to make sure they had it completely fixed. Um, they've offered everybody the new limited edition 2019 F1 wheel that's coming um, that they're going to be order or showing off. I'm guessing I did find a thing this afternoon um, that was popping up on that as well. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that's the new rim. Uh, it's a blue version, blue carbon fiber of the same F1 style rim that we showed last week. Um, I don't know. There's some pretty big uh, blowback on this from uh, all the people that have pre-ordered. I mean, David pre-ordered one of these and was expecting the wheel and I know he's re reached out to Fanatic and they're still trying to come up with a a solution um, but you know I know Mike you had an interesting take when we were talking on Messenger about it today um, because I, I posted up that new PlayStation uh, 4 direct drive wheel that they are now taking pre-orders on as well I yeah I've never bought anything from this company but watching from afar What's happened here to our friend David Hall? Um, I, I something smells weird about this, and and I'm just gonna say it. So they sell all these podium drives this fall. They had all these auctions. They had the pre-order, uh, and we had even a teammate buy them. And they collected the money for those pre-orders. They literally charged them. Now, Chris, we you were saying what? Normally, a company doesn't charge you until they ship the product. Or but they take a little payment. Yeah, like I, I told him I didn't think it was, uh, you know, the pre-order thing was a big deal because I was used to it because I'm a gamer and that's like it, half the games you order are delayed. But when you order them, they, they don't charge you until the thing ships. So that's kind of what I expected. You don't charge the customer until you ship them a product. Right. And But Fanatec did charge David Hall for his uh, wheelbase, $1,000. Um, and you know, it, it's just, you know, so they collect all this money and then when it it's ready to come out in two weeks and then they suddenly announce, oh, sorry, there's a, there's a problem. We're not going to ship until April or May. Um, and then two days later, they're announcing a brand new wheel rim for PS4. That's some $1,500 that uses the same exact base that they had to delay on. I just find it unbelievable that they're taking pre-orders on a wheel two days after they, they cancel their, their, their other wheel for several months, uh, you know, and they're taking pre-orders and collecting money for that, for something that obviously has a hardware problem. And so it's just, I think it's kind of ridiculous that they're actually charging these people before the product is shipped. Well, and you know the thing that gets me when I saw that thing that came in through my email today from Fanatec about uh, the PS4? Who's going to, like, 
I know Pl- PlayStation has their own license thing that they don't like to play nice with Xbox, so they want they have this official Xbox or PlayStation whole combo um, because of that. Who's gonna buy a direct drive rim? Like, I know it's not really technically aimed at the PS4 people. It's with the PC, but fifteen hundred dollars when you have a PlayStation, you're not gonna spend fifteen hundred dollars on a on a racing rim for, for our set of Corsa. For, for something like that, um, because when you're playing on a PlayStation, you're more arcade. There's no real, you know, Project Cards might be the closest thing to sim racing or anything on there. There's not anything that's really completely sim on a console like we have here on iRacing. So what can a direct drive wheel do when these companies don't understand what a direct drive wheel is for? Like maybe Gran Turismo, when they make one, will understand what a direct drive wheel can be f- the forces can be fed through a PlayStation, but a person that's pumping like the NASCAR Heat game, if it pumps out every uh, one every year, they're not gonna put any money or any time into trying to get the direct drive to feel properly on it. Yeah, um, another thing I was reading in their email, it said that there is a serious issue which affects about 0.07% of the units produced so far. That's, I mean, how many did they produce? Obviously, we don't know, but. It's probably a lot. Not even yeah. 1%. Uh, it's a mess. Um, yeah, I don't know about Fanatec. I mean, I, the whole auction thing they did kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And now this with the delay and the whole thing of charging people. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of rubbed wrong, the wrong way with them. Now, so some of those people that were part of that auction have one of those direct drive wheels then that has the defect in it so they're right. gonna have to eventually send it back to get the fix what a nightmare god can you imagine having to ship that thing back well you remember when i had to ship mine back it was two months by the time i got it back right i mean the the giving them a free wheel is definitely a you know goodwill offering a 350 dollar wheel yeah it is a good offering and I, I think it's appropriate considering the situation i i think it would have been more appropriate if they didn't charge until they shipped. Oh yeah. Should the thing have come with the direct drive come with the rim to begin with? Like that's the other thing that bothers me is they never offered it with any rims. I mean, they probably expect a lot of people that are in the Fanatec world already, have, already them, right? have them. But you know, all but the other new. bases have at least a rim that come with it, a cheaper version of a rim, not a three hundred fifty dollar rim, but like you know, all the the base ones have, um, except for the 2.5, come with an $80 rim. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, new AMD graphics cards. We got leaked info about them. They're going to be called the AMD Radeon RX 3080, 3070, and 3060. Pricing? Wow, $250 for the most expensive one. $200 for the middle one. $130 for the cheaper one. And uh, what do you think, Mason, you read this, about performance compared to uh, the other brand? Yeah, it was um, saying that the 3080 is going to be close to the RTX 2070 that NVIDIA just put out. So that's that's a their flagship card. Um, the 3070 on the AMD side is going to be comparable to the NVIDIA 1070. Um, and so, I mean, for the the price point that these are at that's insane performance 
Um, I'm curious to see what this uh, 7nm Navi 10 GPU stuff's all about. This Navi system that they're using, see if it's actually as good as the NVIDIA cards um, without all the heat that that AMD's generally known for. So, um, but yeah, I'm wow. also looking here. They have a, a new CPU coming out as well that's under the same banner of the 3000 series. That's what their whole new thing's going to be. The Ryzen 3000 setup. So it's supposed to really kick some butt 16 cores yeah i man if these things yeah they're saying that these things are supposed to um rival the nvidia cards and if they do i mean that price is just incredible and um you had mentioned the the heat um a couple of these cards are actually i they don't even use i think it might just be one of them but they don't use external power so it actually indicates that they it might generate less heat than the, the NVIDIA's, which yeah. you're right. Usually it's the other way around. Usually AMD is, you know, you, you want to have some extra cooling in there. Yeah, I was but, curious what it meant whenever it said no power connector with the RX 3060. Runs off the motherboard. Yeah, yep. Wow. Oh. That's yeah, like you. the lower uh, cards have those. And the the 7NM, that's just uh, the manufacturing technology. So that's 7 nanometers. So it's the the same size as the processors and the NVIDIA's. So it, everything about it points to similar performance. And if they even get close, I mean, 250 bucks for that car, that's amazing. And it'll, it'll if it is close, it'll force NVIDIA to drop their prices. That AMD processor, it says 5.1 gigahertz on the boost clock. That's high, guys. Uh, my processor, the Intel i7-8700 is around 4.3 gigahertz. Now, I haven't tried to overclock it, and I might be able to get to 5.1 if I overclock it. Yeah, I mean, I did a quick Google search for uh, in, uh, 1070, and a GTX 1070 is now 400 bucks on Newegg. So, like, it, that's that going to just bring all the cards prices down if they can really hit those price points. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, these are supposed to rival, like, the 2070s, the brand, brand new cards. <laughs> All right, Mason, final topic. All right, looks like we have a new uh, sequential shifter here from the ProSim company. Um, this thing looks like a piece of work. Wow. Like, this looks like it'd be pulled straight out of a real car. Um, it's got... It basically is pulled out of a straight car if you read the description. Yeah, it's got, looks like solid metal everywhere here. Um, uh, yeah, it's, being from a real car also means it is extremely robust and you can be very aggressive without the fear of breaking anything, which is always a plus. I don't know if uh, my mount could handle that. 750 pounds is the price for a shifter, guys. I think that's the most expensive shifter I've ever seen. It's only a sequential, too. It's not. It's just one, only hitting one thing, right? Yep. Uh, the website pro-sim.co.uk. And there is a quote from a fellow iRacer, uh, none other than Philip Jansen Van Rensburg, who we always watch. Uh, he said, this is the best sequ sequential shifter money can buy at this point in time. And I believe him uh, for that kind of money. <laughs> All right, let's get into final thoughts. It's been a long one. Chris, Scales. 
I'm just ready to get back to some racing. Week 13 sucks. <laughs> and there's, there isn't really much to do. I'm really, really looking forward to next Wednesday. That'll be my first truck race with the old bastards. I'll be racing the Xfinity, K&N, and the trucks this this season. And, and yeah, the those a or the a opens have been kept me kept me away from the truck races and really looking forward to those all right greg hector final thought uh probably about this looking to doing the same thing if uh, chris was there i'm gonna probably race in the same series that he just said he was gonna race in to uh go represent us and race with them the, those old bastards uh guys i've tested with them the other night uh in one of their rooms and uh was good it was good to get uh chatting with them um i'm just looking forward for the season it's i've I've been away from the computer most of the week here so i apologize for anything on the podcast that i screwed up but uh um just uh look look for us we definitely um when you were talking there before too mike i forgot the when we're looking for that social media manager and the uh um league manager we don't need both of them at from one person you can be just a social media manager too it doesn't have to be it can be separate so we really like to get that social media aspect going for us uh if anybody's looking for it so yeah it's a I, it's a, a task i mean that's why it is separate because we're going to put you to work <laughs> all right well thank you for that mason stiver final thought yeah um two things here first thing is with the roval um i was Lucky to get two wins. If I hadn't started first, I probably wouldn't have made it through the first corner. But um, slow and steady wins the race with them. Um, and also the Online Sim Racing Association. I'm starting up tomorrow night in the truck with their Elite Series. So hopefully we can keep her on all four tires and not flipping over down the back stretch of the Super Speedway. All right. Very good. Good luck with that. Uh, my final thoughts. I've actually enjoyed Week 13. Um I actually went through and raced all the different Week 13 series, and I had fun with them. And uh, I've been doing a lot of hosted stuff, especially the the nights, night races with tracks without lights. It's very interesting. If you haven't tried it, take the time and do it. Go find a Talladega race that's Cadillacs at night. It's amazing. Uh, go run Lamar at night in a test and see if you can figure out where to turn. It's hard. And uh, so anyway, uh, I had fun with it. You know, I'm ready to get back to the next season. I don't know what I'm going to run. I think I'm going to run some OBRL on my day off on Wednesday. Uh, but probably just random stuff uh, that I see and hosted and stuff. And that's kind of how I've been going. So it's been fun and uh, I've enjoyed it. So with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.